When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm here to read you some true stories. For those of you looking for extra content, there's a new bonus episode available on Patreon called I Drew a Commission for a Serial Killer, about a porn artist who agrees to a very unique commission from a mysterious client. Oh, and I'd like to say a quick hello and thank you to all my Finnish listeners. I have had quite an uptick in true stories from Finland at a rate in which I think you guys might need to get together as a country and hire the Ghostbusters. I even have a couple in this episode, so stay tuned for those. Alright, are you ready for some true stories? This is from B. Scott. Hi, Shelby. I just wanted to say how much I absolutely love your podcast. Thank you. Like, I'm actually bummed that I caught up on episodes and can't listen at will. Your latest True Horror 15 episode got to me, specifically the frogging story. I don't think this has happened to me, but maybe it might have? Human or paranormal, I'm not sure. Here's my story. My husband's son and I moved into our house back in October of 2011, while I was nine months pregnant with my daughter. All was fine for some time until I started to notice closet doors open all the time. I'd shut them and then they'd be open again, even though I was home alone with a newborn. One day, I left the house into our attached garage and found a bunch of pages ripped from a Bible all over. We are not religious and don't own a Bible, freaked me out. Let's fast forward quite a few years. My daughter is now about three, speaks clearly, and always wants to sleep in my bed. I tuck her in, and later she calls me crying, saying there's a little boy in my closet, and he's crying because someone did something bad to him. Again, freaked me out, and nine years later, she still won't sleep without me. I know I said frogging, and I'm getting to that just wanted to point out the other strange things that have happened. So again, fast forward, my son, who is 13 years older than my daughter, decides he wants the basement as his space. It has a bedroom, living room, kitchen, and a full bathroom. While he was staying down there, nothing crazy happened at all. He decides as a young adult to move away and pursue his dreams. Great. But once he's gone, every time I open the basement door... I get this strange feeling, like someone is watching me, like someone is down there. I hang my onions on a hook at the top of those stairs and even just grabbing one makes me shaky. I confide in my husband that I think something is down there. I hear noises all the time. 
Our dog paces in one spot in the kitchen, looking at the floor and growling, like someone is down there. It becomes sort of a joke between my husband and I, and even our friends. Although, I don't see it as a joke, and really do think there's someone down there. We have a few small back storage rooms throughout the basement that anyone could hide in, and with the bathroom down there, they wouldn't even have to come upstairs to pee. I have my husband check it time and time again. He thinks I'm being crazy and laughs it off. We have cats and installed a cat door in the door to the basement. Our dog barks if anyone comes near our house, so I tell myself, as long as the dog is cool, then it's fine. But then I start to believe that whoever is frogging in our basement is coming up to the cat door while we're out and making friends with our dog, getting her used to them. No one is here to hear her bark, and if the dog gets used to them, then they can come into the rest of the house. I know this sounds crazy, but the fear was real. It felt real and scary, and just opening that basement door made my hair stand on end. Well, my son came home for a bit and ended up staying in the basement for a few months. He knew what I thought, checked everywhere, and stayed down there anyway. When he moved out again, the feeling was gone. Like, completely gone. I go down there all the time as we now keep our deep freezers there, and I can get my onions at the top of the stairs without having a panic attack. I'm not sure if it was someone or something down there, but whatever it was has seemed to move on. Maybe it left with my son. Thanks for listening. Thank you, B. and for those of you who were wondering, yes, in the last episode, the last true horror episode, I believe, yeah, she said 15, um, I had mentioned the phenomenon of frogging, and there's a frogging show on Hulu, I believe, and frogging is when someone stays in your house and you don't know they're there. They stay in attics, basements, crawl spaces, all the little hidey holes people have in their houses, and it's very scary, and it's a very real thing that happens. And B, I have no idea what was going on in your house. I am just glad that you're all safe and that it seems to be gone now. Did you ever notice any food missing or anything? I know that's one way some people start to realize it, is they'll notice little bits of food missing. Ugh, such a creepy idea. You know, it's like, what's better, a ghost or someone <laughs> staying in your house? I know those of you out there who really don't believe in ghosts are probably like, well, duh. It's the person staying in your house that's scarier because ghosts aren't real, but just play with me in this space and pretend they are. Which would you rather, a ghost or a person? Alright, next submission. This is from Jen. Hi Shelby, my name is Jen and my fiancé and I listen to your podcast when going to sleep. It's become a routine for us. I wanted to share two stories with you. Both stories involve my mom, Claire. First story. It was 1986 and my mom was 10 years old. She was living with her mom, their dog Bonnie, and her two brothers at the time. Her mom had just done a house exchange with a woman as they needed more space due to my mom and her brothers becoming older and needing their own bedrooms. My mom was put in the back room. The first night they moved in, my mom had an unpleasant sleep. She felt uneasy and scared, but didn't know why. She kept climbing into bed with her mom and struggled to sleep. There was an old wardrobe in my mom's room, which, after two weeks, 
my grandma had moved it to the other side of the room. Suddenly, every night my mom slept, she would wake up with the wardrobe in its original place. Each morning, her mom would then move it back and tell my mom off for moving the wardrobe. I didn't move it, mommy, I promise, my mom would proclaim. It was like Groundhog Day. The wardrobe would always be moved. The downstairs ornaments would start moving. It went on for months and her mom would get so annoyed and thought the kids were playing tricks on her. One night in autumn, my mom woke up and it was absolutely freezing and there was a weird mist in the air. She got out of bed to see what was causing the cold air and she reached the top of the stairs. She froze because at the bottom of the stairs, their front door was wide open. The door had six different deadbolts. Each one was locked when they had gone to bed and Bonnie the dog was at the bottom of the stairs, frozen in fear with her hair standing on edge and in front of Bonnie was an old lady floating towards the stairs with mist around her. My mom screamed so loud her mom came running and caught a glimpse of the floating woman until she suddenly disappeared. After realizing that my mom was telling the truth about not moving the ornaments or wardrobe, she reached out to the woman who she did the exchange with. The woman laughed it off and said, Oh, sorry. I forgot to tell you about that. She's absolutely harmless. It's just my mother-in-law who died in that back room and doesn't like things moved. So she keeps putting things back in the order how she likes it. Needless to say, my grandma was absolutely furious she hadn't told her when there's three young kids who were now traumatized by what had happened. They moved out one month later. Second story. My mom and I moved into a flat in 1999 in Manchester, UK. I love that flat. However, I've always struggled to sleep because I never felt I was alone. I always felt something was watching me, which my mom agreed. Over the course of the last 20 years, strange things have happened. My mom and me were laying in bed. I had to share with her at the time because my room was being decorated. As we were laying in bed about to drift to sleep, we both awoke to the sound of the light switch flicking. Flick, 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 flick. It went on for about 30 seconds. I remember freezing and so did my mom. I whispered to her, what the hell is that? She said, I don't know. We tried to forget it and go to sleep. A few weeks later, my mom had her ankles grabbed and it really shook her up and she dived out of bed in a panic and turned the light on and nothing was there. Another night, my grandma stayed over and was sharing the bed with my mom. As they were drifting to sleep, my mom felt a hand grab her hand and closed it like you would in a handshake. She even felt nails touching her skin. She thought it was just her mom sort of saying goodnight. But it couldn't have been, because she was the complete opposite way, and her hands were nowhere near her. It really creeped my mom out. Things started to progress to more unnerving events. My mom got married, and my stepdad moved in. He was having recurrent bouts of sleep paralysis, which he described as absolutely terrifying, but they only happened when he fell asleep on the sofa. She was cooking in the kitchen, and 
we have a beaded curtain on the top of our pantry. Something had grabbed it, lifted up the beads, and then dropped the beads to try to get my mom's attention. She ignored it. So, they did it again. This time, my mom called out to the ghost and said, I know you're here. I know you're around, but please leave. And she didn't hear anything again. For a while. About four months after that incident, she was again cooking, and the same thing happened. So she ignored it. This time, instead of repeating the bead drop, whatever it is slowly touched and moved my mom's hair. She was petrified, so she shouted for my stepdad to come in and help her with the cooking, as she didn't want to be alone. This happened a total of four times since then, and other things like objects being moved, floorboards creaking, hearing a shuffling sound coming from the kitchen, doors closing. It's a flat, so all one level, so we can hear very clearly. My mom doesn't think the spirit is evil or a bad entity, but she does think he's a prankster and wishes he would fuck off. We say him because we managed to get a photo of him, what looks like a very tall, stocky-built man on camera back in 2010. I have attached the photo for you to see. The photo is of my cousin throwing our baby cousin in the air. It was a quick-fire snapshot which takes multiple photos over 10 seconds. We wanted to capture her throwing him in the air as he laughed. In one photo, you see a black, dark mass which looks like it has an arm-slash-figure shape. The next photo after, absolutely nothing. There were just three of us in the room, so I know that this was not one of us. My mom still lives in the flat. Things still happen, but not as much. She's grown to just get used to Mr. Prankster doing his pranks. But either way, you never feel alone, and always feel like someone is watching you. Thank you, Jen. And as Jen said, she did send me the photo, um, and it's very, very creepy. At first, I couldn't see what I was supposed to be looking at. I actually sent it to a friend, and I was like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be looking at, and I don't know why I missed it the first time, but when I see, ended up seeing what you were pointing out, which I can see you actually blocked it off, so I'm, I'm dumb. I can't believe I missed it. It's very, very creepy. It, I, I don't know how to even describe it. It's, I mean, of course, you know, just to be fair, it could be some sort of illusion with the camera. It could be something that happened with the snapshots, you know, in a row and this and that camera stuff. Yes, skeptics, and I am a skeptic as well. But if you're looking at it just for what it is, it, it looks like, I'm not going to lie, it looks like a creature standing there. There's like an arm. Uh, Jen, by the way, let me know if you're okay with me sharing this maybe on social media. If not, that's totally fine because it is a picture of your family. So I'm totally cool not doing that. Um, but if you are okay with it, I'd love to share it and just see what people think. Um, it's the, She has the regular photos and the negative, um, both the before and after, you know, the shot without it in it, shot with it. And the negative is really creepy because you can see more detail and it's so strange. It does. It looks like an arm with a hand and this huge hulking figure. I guess like it would be like a very big person 
but to me it looks creature-esque and it is a prankster. I don't know what is in your mom's flat, but if it's not harming her in any way, then good on her. And I'm happy for her and <laughs> or I guess I'm just happy she hasn't had any actual bad issues, like poltergeisty issues with this. Um, and I mean like the movie Poltergeist. Obviously this thing has like moved things and done sort of things like that. But this is, this is very eerie. Thank you for the picture, Jen. And thank you for the stories. This next submission is from Maddie. Hi, my name is Maddie. I'm not too sure if this will make it, but I wanted to share my story of this dark figure that used to follow me around when I was a child up to my teenage years. So I grew up in Georgia and lived in this neighborhood that was an old railroad station. This is where it all began. I had two friends that lived on that street, and we would sometimes go play in the woods or walk the sidewalk slash road at night. I was in the fourth grade when I first saw the figure. It scared me at first, but it stayed at a far distance and did nothing, really. Whenever I asked if my friends could see it, they thought I was crazy, and I just chalked it up to my imagination and the nighttime. A few years passed, and one of my friends committed suicide. While I was outside at night hugging my friends, I saw the dark figure again. This time, I wasn't scared. It felt somewhat like it was there to make me feel comfortable somehow. After that, I didn't see it for a while. Then one day, my parents sat me and my siblings down and said we were moving to Texas. This was my sophomore year in high school. I was upset and super sad because I didn't want to leave my friends and everything I had built there. So that night, I went out to feed my pig and there it was again. I never tried to talk to it because I wasn't too sure what it was or if it was a good or evil entity. After we moved to Texas, I didn't see the dark figure again. So I'm not too sure what it was, but... I feel like it wasn't there to harm me, but to make sure I was okay. Thank you so much, Maddie. That's very mysterious. I love stories like this where it's sort of a little, it's just a mystery. Who knows what, what this was? It was clearly there for you in a time of need, which was good. Um, one reason I admit I included this story too was not just that this was very interesting, but I also had a pig, had, I had several pigs in high school, so it kind of made me feel a kinship with you, and I also lost one of my best friends to suicide, so this was, I don't know, it just, um, I, I feel you, I feel you on a lot of different levels, Maddie, other than I don't think I had a shadow figure following me around, but I'm glad it brought you some comfort in a dark time. This submission is from Jenna P. Hello, Shelby. I recently started to listen to your podcast and fell in love with it. I have a couple of true ghost stories that happened during my teen years. They might be a bit long, so just bear with me. Also, English isn't my first language, so hopefully I haven't made many typos slash errors. Grandma's House. My first ghost encounters happened when I moved to my grandma's house when I was 11 years old. I moved because I wanted to change schools, and Grandma wanted to move closer to our relatives up north for a while, but didn't want to sell her house. So my mom rented the house from her. I need to paint a picture of what the house is like, 
so the rest of the story will make sense. I live in Finland, so we have saunas. My grandma's house is in the middle of the woods and has an outhouse, which has a living room area and a small hallway to the shower and sauna. My grandma didn't move out for about a year, so before she moved, I lived in the outhouse. Also an important part of the story is that my grandpa died in the house when I was five years old. The outhouse was his favorite place to hang out and drink. All of his belongings were in there. A while after I had moved into the outhouse, I started hearing noises every night, like if you'd put an empty beer can on a stone floor kind of noise. My grandpa was a heavy drinker, so as I already believed in ghosts, I just thought that it must be my grandpa having a drink there. Later on, the doors would open and close on their own, and the shower would turn on by itself. But I got used to it. I also saw shadows against walls, even though I was alone. Everything that happened in the outhouse was nothing compared to what happened after my grandma moved out, and I moved into the actual house. My mom worked a lot, since she is a single mom, so she used to stay at her boyfriend's place in the city since her work was closer. So I basically lived alone in my grandma's house. The house is very open on the inside with just a few doors and the upstairs was a big attic space made into a bedroom. The floors of the attic are old so they creak loudly with every step. It was kind of creepy to hear the creaking steps when I was alone in the downstairs living room. Other than the random noises and footsteps, nothing really happened and I got used to them. Until one night, during my summer break, I was laying on my bed in the attic, drawing and having videos on as background noise, when I noticed something from the corner of my eye. I turned to look and saw a man in pajamas laying on my floor on his side, his back towards me. The man was so clear that if I didn't know I was alone in the house, I could have believed that an actual human was lying on the floor. I quickly turned the ceiling lamp on since I only had the smaller bedside lamp on. But as quickly as I got the lights on, he was gone. Of course, I could have just been tired and my eyes could have played a trick on me, but when I told my mom about it, she asked me to show her where I had seen the man. When I showed her the spot, she told me that it was exactly the spot where the first responders had tried to revive my grandfather after he got a heart attack. After that, nothing really happened until someone or something made sure I knew it was there. The next winter, me and my best friend of the time were hanging out in my room in the attic. The attic has a balcony without glass windows, other than the small window on the door to the balcony. We were just hanging when we heard a loud bang from the balcony, like something would have hit the balcony door window hard. I went to check the balcony and found the cardboard center part of the duct tape that was frozen. I remembered that my puppy had played with it outside earlier that day, and since my mom and her boyfriend were staying at the outhouse at the moment, I thought that they had thrown it to mess with us. The balcony overlooks the door next to the outhouse, and that was where my puppy had been playing with the tape roll. I texted my mom that if they threw it, and she said no, they were already sleeping. We have motion sensor lights outside, and if any trespasser would have thrown it, 
the lights would have been on, and whoever threw it would have been the greatest thrower since it hit the door glass dead center and with such a force that it left a mark on the glass. These are only the things that I can remember happening at my grandma's house. After she moved back, we moved out to an even further cabin in the woods, where even weirder paranormal stuff happened. New house. After we moved from my grandma's house, my mom's ex-co-worker offered to rent us her childhood home that she didn't live in. The house was an old dairy farm, around 30 minutes from the main city, in the middle of the woods. We were not told anything about the history of the house, so I don't have any actual knowledge of who the ghosts were, but I know for a fact that there were two of them, an old man in a fishing hat, and a small girl with a white dress, blonde curls, and fancy old-style wooden shoes. The first ghost I saw was the man. I saw him during the week we moved there. I was outside playing with my dog, the same puppy I mentioned in the first story, and noticed someone in my bedroom window. I had one large window in my room overlooking the main yard, and there was a table with one single chair in front of the window when we moved, and I hadn't moved them yet. I saw a man in the window, sitting on the chair, looking at me. I ignored it, but mentioned it to my mom later that week, and she said that she had seen the exact same thing in my window. After that, we started to hear heavy footsteps every day on the stairs to the upstairs. To mention I lived in the upstairs alone, as my mom and her boyfriend had their bedroom downstairs. I later found out that my bedroom was my mom's ex-co-worker's parents' bedroom and that her dad was a fisher, so I believe that the man in my window is her father, who was probably confused that I suddenly had invaded his bedroom after so many years of the house being empty. Later on, I started getting messages from my mom during my school days that said, why are you skipping school? I never did though. My mom's boyfriend always texted my mom that I'm at home during school days because he heard talking and moving noises from my room every day he was alone at the house. All these times, I had to send my mom picture evidence that I really am in school. Later on, when the noises happened during my school days, she always asked if I was at home or if the ghost was hanging out in my room. We got used to the man, and that's when we met the little girl. I was about to go to sleep when I suddenly saw a glowing little girl run from my room's door to the window and disappear. She was literally glowing white light, so I got to pay attention to all the little details of her outfit. After this, I never saw her again, but just like the man, after seeing her, we started to hear her footsteps on the stairs. I again told my mom about seeing the girl and how she ran from the door to the window and she told me that she also saw her in their room and that she did exactly the same run from the door to the window. She also described her outfit perfectly to match what I had seen. Other than the footsteps and talking sounds, nothing happened for a couple of years. Then suddenly, things started to fly off our shelves. The doors opened and closed by themselves. My cat disappeared and we found him locked in an unused room that no one had entered in a couple of days. My cat also liked hanging outside, and one night, he didn't come home. He was nowhere inside and probably having his own little adventures in the forest next to the house. 
In the morning, though, he was inside. No one had let him in, since everyone had been sleeping and all the doors and windows were closed, but there he was. My dog also started to suddenly run around during the evenings barking up the stairs but never entering upstairs. After I moved out, nothing new happened for a long time, but when I came to visit my mom, my mom's boyfriend thought I had come inside already and was at the stairs since someone said, hello. He of course answered, but was shocked when he came outside since I was there smoking with my mom. I hadn't even been inside the house yet that day. My mom has now moved out of that house back to my grandma's house. My grandma passed earlier this year, so my mom decided to buy her house. I hope my grandpa can now pass on after waiting so many years for my grandma to join him. But if not, then I'll probably send some new ghost stories in the future. Hopefully these stories entertained you, and I wanted to thank you for taking the time to read this long ramble. Best wishes and regards, Jenna. Thank you so much, Jenna. Those were fascinating. I don't even know where to begin. There was so much. I mean, even just the sound of hearing that beer can clinking on the stone from your grandpa, that is such a distinctive sound. Like, I can hear it when you describe it, and it's... I can't even imagine what it would feel like to hear that, especially out in your outhouse, which I'm sure there were a few Americans giggling a little bit because here an outhouse is just a toilet over a hole in a little wooden box outside. That is what we used to call, you know, old fashioned bathrooms, basically, that were outside before plumbing. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you explained what an outhouse was and you felt the need to paint a picture because you definitely did for the American, at least the American audience, maybe other countries too, but I'm glad you let us all in on what exactly an outhouse is in Finland, which sounds really cool. Now I want one. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you so much. On to the next. This is from Lee M. Hi, Shelby. My name is Lee and I'm a guy from the cold and dark Finland. I've been having a spooky blast listening to your podcast, especially since it's getting closer and closer to spooky season. As you can see, this is a note from Shelby, but some of these sit in my submissions folder for a little bit. And I decided to share some of my true creepy experiences. To preface this, I'm not exactly a believer in the paranormal. I do believe in energies and the effect that they might have on places and people but I do think most encounters can easily be logically explained. My stories might have a logical explanation as well, but either way, they are creepy and 100% true. First, a bit of background. All of these stories are set in the same house, my parents' house. I do not live there anymore since I moved out the second I was 18. I don't think there have been any notable deaths there or anything, but it is a pretty old house. Anyway, Let's get on with the stories. Number one, knocking. I was up late one night, probably reading something or watching YouTube on my phone. It was around 1 a.m. and I was still fully awake because my sleep schedule has never been good. The rest of my family, on the other hand, were all fast asleep. Now, let me explain the layout of my room. My door leads to the living room and there is one big window that looks over our backyard. Our backyard is fenced with a forest right next to it, and it's pretty well hidden from public view. I had school the next day, 
so I decided that, hey, maybe I should actually get some sleep. Before doing so, however, I left the safety of my bedroom to go to the bathroom. Can't control when nature calls. I had not taken two steps toward my bedroom door when I heard three loud knocks on my window. I froze. My heart rate immediately skyrocketed and I turned to look at my window. My terrified reflection staring back at me. I always had the blinds shut at night. I started to rationalize what I had heard in my head. Maybe I imagined it. Then, there was another, just as loud set of three knocks. Okay, there was no way I had imagined the same thing twice. I probably stood there for ten minutes just staring at my window, not knowing what to do. I didn't want to go to the living room, knowing that the windows there would not have their blinds closed. I didn't want to see what was in the backyard, knocking on my window. They do say the devil knocks in threes, don't they? In the end, I carefully made my way back into my bed, not taking my eyes off the window. It's safe to say that I didn't sleep a wink that night. Number two, singing woman. It was a normal day. I was always home alone for a few hours after school. Usually I spent that time watching TV. But today I had had a rough PE session at school and decided to take a nice long shower. 10 minutes into my shower, I start to hear shuffling in the living room. Someone must have come home early. Although I hadn't heard the front door open like usual, but I just chalked it up to being too deep in thought. That's when I started to hear singing. I couldn't make out what the song was, but I could still hear it clearly into the bathroom. It must have been my mom who came home. I dried off, dressed up, and walked into the living room. Hi, mom, I shouted. I didn't hear a response. That was odd. I walked into my parents' room and there was no one there. I felt a shiver creep down my back. I checked the rest of the house and didn't find anyone. I even looked into the backyard, but no one was there either. At that point, I felt super creeped out, but again, I tried to rationalize. Maybe my mom had come home and then immediately left. It wasn't very convincing, but it was better than the alternative, that no one had been home. I turned on the TV to not feel so alone in the house, and sat on the couch until my dad came home maybe an hour and a half later. I immediately felt better. My mom got home around 6 p.m., considerably later than usual. I heard her complaining to my dad that she had been stuck at work all afternoon, grading papers. Number three, sleep paralysis. Okay, this last one can be explained, but considering the other things that happened in that house, this one is probably the creepiest. I've always suffered with sleep paralysis. It happens rarely and most of the time is relatively uneventful. My most common form of sleep paralysis is seeing the walls or ceiling fan fall over onto me and I've learned to not get scared by this and slowly wake my body up. So when I woke up one night to my body not being able to move at all, I immediately knew what it was. The usual dizzy feeling starting to take over my mind and I tried to close my eyes. I couldn't. 
I noticed something out of the corner of my eye and instinctively turned my eyes to face whatever it was that I saw. I wish I hadn't. There, facing the furthest left corner in my room, was a tall, thin, shadow person. Not only that, but it was upside down, almost like gravity worked backwards for it. It swung from side to side, almost as if it was dancing. Imagine the tiptoe through the tulip scene from Insidious. I felt absolutely petrified with fear. The most fear I have ever felt in my life. My heartbeat pounded louder and louder in my ears, like a train getting closer to you when you're stood in the middle of the tracks. I couldn't breathe. Then, in a split second, the thing turned around and then, faster than light, sped in front of my face. Imagine Spider-Man hanging from the ceiling, leaning forward to kiss MJ. It was like that, but horribly twisted and terrifying. There was an unnatural smile on that thing's face but not in its eyes. That upside-down face is still stuck in my mind. I can barely describe it. Then, just as suddenly as it had sprinted in front of me, I sat up in my bed. The sleep paralysis was over, and the thing was gone. I took in a sharp breath of air and just sat there for maybe an hour, breathing, trying to calm my brain down. I couldn't even cry. I just felt shock and relief that it was over. Those were some of my experiences in my parents' house. I do have a couple more stories that happened in other places, so tell me if you'd like to hear them as well. I love your podcast and content. Keep up the good work. Lee. Well, Lee, I would love to hear more of your stories. These were so good. The the singing woman the knocking on the window. There's something about the knocking on the window that really gets to me. We've had a few stories like that where we've someone has heard a knock on the window and then just this this fear, this like instinctual fear from that's been with us since we crawled out of the primordial ooze that has told us to be afraid of this sound. It's it's so interesting and terrifying. And as for your sleep paralysis, I'm sure I've spoken about it on the show before, but I used to experience it quite a bit. Um, Knock on wood. Um, I haven't in many years, but sleep paralysis is so terrifying. It's what's crazy. What's creepy about it is it's a real phenomenon, whether you're a skeptic about the paranormal or not. It's an actual thing that happens to your body. And it's terrifying in and of itself without seeing any visions. I've been lucky that I don't, I don't usually see things when I, experience sleep paralysis it's mostly just the terror of not being able to move or breathe but I can't even begin to imagine I mean I've heard stories of people seeing old hags or shadows or things like that or the the hat man um but whatever this was I've never heard anything like it this upside down thing you saw and I'm so sorry because I can imagine that just haunts your nightmares I wow wow Again, those last two stories, it was, I I didn't realize I put them in a row, but my Finnish listeners, you've got some stuff going on over there. I don't know if it has to do with the fact that both of you said you live near the woods, and the woods are very scary from what I've heard, Um, but those were great from, they were great. Uh, (laughs) Again, Finland, maybe get together, maybe 
perform a countrywide exorcism or something um, or don't and keep sending me stories actually that's <laughs> that's better for me but for you maybe look into I don't know I don't know what's going on in Flint, fin Finland Finland sorry <laughs> all right everyone I think I'm going to leave it there thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for sharing your true experiences with me Feel free to send your own true experiences in to scarytosleep at gmail.com. They don't have to be ghosts. They can be cryptids, UFOs. Um, uh, our friend of the show, Josh Rowe, had a man in his back seat trying to carjack him or successfully carjacking him, but he's okay now. Uh, we've had many different things on the show. Uh, not everything will get picked, but please feel free to send them in for consideration if you think that you're, you're, you have a creepy experience you'd like to share uh again scary to sleep at gmail.com you can follow the show on all the socials at scary to sleep including the facebook group which is just growing and growing i can't believe we get more and more people coming in there every single week and i really appreciate it it's very active um instagram i've been a little more active on instagram including my own personal instagram which is at shelby b scott if you want to follow my personal instagram and my twitter is the same thing and yeah, let's see, uh, what else? Oh yes, there is a new, as you heard at the top of the show, there's a new bonus episode on Patreon for my $3 and up tier. Uh, I'm going to start trying to get out a new creepypasta or something of that sort every other week. So you can have some, a lot of extra content that isn't just the ad-free versions of the show. And if you do want an ad-free version of the show, it is only $1 a month on Patreon. And again, don't feel ob um, obligated. I just like to have that little option in case you like it. Uh, I've been there before where I couldn't afford even the dollar a month in ad-free episodes, but I appreciate those of you who listen to, who both subscribe to Patreon and to those of you who listen to my normal episodes, because either way, it supports me, it supports the show, and it supports this big transition I'm going through in life. And I really, really appreciate it. Seriously, you mean so much to me. Again, still one woman show over here uh yet i've kind of had a few inquiries recently that again asked about my team or had a an email address to you know the editor of scare you to sleep which hello it's me <laughs> and uh i would also like to thank you all for the feedback from last week's episode um i am blown away i was really proud of that episode i mean of course it's the author is is the reason that we had such a great story, but um, I have such good had such good feedback on the sound design uh, for last week's episode, and that is by the way episode three zero seven when light goes out, and I just had a blast making this world of rain and storms and ghosts and chaos and lighthouses and ships and i loved it so thank you for those of you who have reached out saying you really liked last week's episode i actually kind of thought about that i really wanted to focus again on the diegetic sounds because i feel like it might be a good soothing one to sleep to because there's no music or anything um anyway enough talking about me let's see i again haven't been doing much baking but i'll hopefully get on it i've been really wanting to make a quiche i've never made one before Send me your favorite quiche recipes if you if you make quiche. Um, I love quiche. I've just never made one. And I think for a while I put it off because eggs were $5 million. And I, I know that quiche requires like 100 eggs. But uh, they're not $5 million anymore. So 
send me your favorite quiche, re quiche, quiche recipes. Um, <laughs> I'm not very picky about ingredients, so send whatever. Because uh, I'm really interested in making one on Sunday for brunch. And so yeah, let me let me have it. Let me have all of it. Also, if you haven't already, please go check out the Skin Crawl podcast, which is the show that I am the showrunner and director for. Very happy with it. Very excited. There's a new episode coming out this coming Tuesday. They come out every other Tuesday for the season. We only have a few episodes left. so there's And there are, are quite a few that you can binge if you've been waiting for a few to build up. There are a few built up for you to binge. I still have one more coming out that I actually wrote. Two of mine that I wrote are out already, and that is The Shed and Mother Earth. So check those out. Very proud of them. Very excited to have been involved in such a cool project with such an incredible artist, which if you haven't followed Skinner's work, go to Instagram or even Twitter. Just look up the art of Skinner, and his work is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I can't say enough about it. Okay, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for listening to these ghost stories with me. Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams. <laughs>